hello and welcome to I almost genuinely just said hello and welcome to Viva Lost Gamers. So the joke has officially gone too far. This podcast is called NP Cree. It's a pretty okay gaming podcast hosted by me, Kristen, or Kristen, however you might know me. But it's the show where I go over and talk about video game stuff and whatever's on my mind having to do with video games. And this week, I actually played a fair amount of stuff in between this show and the last one. I didn't play everything I wanted to. I really wanted to play Luigi's Mansion before Halloween, but time just got away from me. But fear not, I have other stuff. I have other stuff I played. Hoorah! <laughs> um, so, I mean, I usually talk about, like, cool pickups. I guess I picked up one thing, and I am eventually going to play it on stream. That's my intention. Actually, I, I picked up two things. I forgot. I went to the game store and traded in some stuff that I had just sitting around, like duplicates that I got from from like boxes and stuff like that and i picked up super mario galaxy 2 for the wii which i'm excited to play and i also at one point got epic mickey that i'm excited to play but most of all the thing that i'm for sure gonna stream at some point i picked up shadow the hedgehog which i've never played <laughs> and um uh, yeah i've heard nothing but awful things about it so i want to play the game where the hodge hedge the hedgehog has the gun and i intend to do so on the internet live for you to see <laughs> hopping right into the stuff that i've been playing i did start playing i picked up a few professor Layton games recently because my partner really likes them and has talked them up and i do think they look fun i i really love that type of game when i was a kid i used to play i don't know if you will know uh like the dr brain game series is which was just like a bunch of brain teasers compiled into a game and i loved that um and that is a lot of what professor layton is with like a story connecting it all so i i started playing professor layton in a diabolical box which my partner tells me is like i guess the everybody's favorite <laughs> i didn't know that i just picked one out of the stack and i picked that one and so far it's really fun but i've just been kind of playing it when i feel like sitting on the couch and i've been actually staying pretty busy so I haven't had much time to get back to it, but I do. I'm, it's something that I'm probably going to just take my time and slowly get through uh, unless I get hooked on it for some reason. But uh, but it's fun. I, I like it. I already immediately got stuck on one of the puzzles, which is like a spatial puzzle of like fit all the stuff in this suitcase without anything overlapping. And I couldn't tell that something was uh, part of the puzzle. I thought it was part of the environment. And so I kept failing it and I had to use hint tokens and, uh, I felt very embarrassed, but, <laughs> but nobody has to know that except for you, small viewership. Well, I guess listenership, you, it's a secret. Don't tell anyone that doesn't listen. They don't get to know. <laughs> and then the other thing that I started, well, I, I didn't start it. I played it all the way through. Uh, I, meant to play this i was interested in playing it since the trailers came out but i just got lazy but i did finally play stray i played it on the ps5 because if you upgrade to like the middle tier of playstation plus you it's included in the games you can play which is a great trick because yes i did upgrade and then i forgot about it for like a month and i just paid an extra month of that tier for no reason <laughs> i mean it's not for no reason actually there are some pretty good games included in that tier if you don't already have them but if you're an avid playstation player you probably it's all it's basically all the hits you know you, you've probably either played them or haven't played them for a reason so i i guess get it if you feel like it or if you get a ps5 or a ps4 for the first time it's a good deal 
I can't argue with it. But anyway, Stray, in case you don't know, Stray is the game, the cat game. It's the, it's the game where you're a cat <laughs> that everybody was very excited for when they teased it. Uh, it it's like, it's an interesting game because it's, it's a puzzle game, sort of, but not like, I almost wouldn't even call it a puzzle game because none of the, the quote unquote puzzles are very, I don't know. I don't know that they're they're detailed enough to really be puzzles. It's mostly just like fetch quest. Go find this, bring this back to this person. Go find this, bring this back to this person. So it's more of like trade quests. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but I liked it. Overall, I liked it. I will say I thought that it was a little slow for like the first two hours. I thought it was a little slow. It's not that long of a game either. I can't remember how long it took me but it's not very long and i did a lot of the optional stuff too so it's not like i just blasted through it and you also spend like for me i spent a good chunk like the, probably like the first hour and a half i was playing it feels a little restrictive because you're so used to playing games where you're some sort of human or human humanoid shape or just like a bipedal and in general and you can jump and run wherever you want but you're playing as a cat and you're restricted like a cat and you can't just jump whenever you want you have to go up to something and then hit a prompt to jump and that can be at first a little like i want to go over there and i should be able to go over there but i can't go over there um but for me things start to pick up uh, when you find you find this little robot that becomes your companion and i guess if you're interested in what the story is you're a cat for some reason you're in this world where like all the humans are gone and there there's only these like ai people who i think have names that i don't remember and they are trying to get back up to the surface like they have this dream of getting back up to the surface of the world because they basically live in what is effectively like under the Midgar plate in Final Fantasy VII, like there's some sort of plate over them and there's no sunlight and stuff like that. And your little robot companion, this is going to be a reference for not everybody, but if you've ever played, not played, watched the movie Batteries Not Included, I felt like the little, that's what the little robot friend reminded me of. And it was like, I loved that movie as a kid. Batteries Not Included is probably not a good movie, but as a kid, man, I fucking loved it so much. And so just like that thing being that shape immediately made pulled at my heartstrings and I loved it. Uh, so you just kind of, yeah, help it along. That thing, that little robot helps you talk to the robots, even though you're a cat and you are a cat. There's no gimmick to it. Like you're just a straight up cat. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I can't, I feel like I can't really talk too much more in depth about this game without spoiling it. I think it's worth playing and especially worth playing if you, if you kind of get it for what is effectively free by upgrading your PlayStation Plus tier. Uh, it's not, I don't know what price it launched at, but if it's any more than like $30, I would probably not recommend it. I feel like it, it feels like a $20 game to me. I was also surprised that it was made specifically for like PlayStation 5 and PC because it I'm not a graphics snob, I swear I'm not, but this game looks like a little like butt. <laughs> like some of the environments are very pretty, but the models themselves are like like the cat models. I'm like, Ugh, why do you look like that? Why do you look like butt cat? That's what that's what I officially named the cat. Butt cat. <laughs> Woo. Uh <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. So Stray, my my opinion, my takeaway is that it starts out slow. It's it. I liked the ending. 
sort of man it's i wish i could just talk about the ending but i really don't want to spoil it and i know that it's a pretty new game so i feel bad just talking straight up spoilers about it but i will say the ending made me emotional in a way that i did not expect from this game at all but it also was kind of like well why'd you have to do that you know like it wasn't like i, I love media that makes me emotional don't get me wrong. I ask anybody who knows me. I can't even talk about the fox and the hound without crying. I like that kind of stuff. But to me, it didn't feel like a satisfying type of emotional for some reason. But the more I sat on it, the more I kind of did appreciate it. I don't know. I would play another game set in this universe. But to me, I think it was just okay. I felt like the, you know, the hype for this game definitely, definitely outweighed how good it was um <laughs> i think if it wasn't hyped so much i probably would have liked a little bit more but to me it was just like any other indie game really i don't know i, I guess just because it's a cat is why people got so excited but I, I think if it wasn't a cat people would not have been that excited and and it would have just done average like any other game because that's kind of how it felt to me uh, nothing bad nothing great i give stray a, a one thumb up <laughs> My butt. Your butt. Nobody's butt. I take it all back. I should edit that out, but I won't. I'll forget. The other thing that I played since last time we spoke is Kirby and the Forgotten Land for the Switch. So you might remember, if you're an avid listener, that a few episodes back I mentioned how I had never played a Kirby game before, which is true. Although I did realize technically, technically I think I did rent the n64 kirby back in the blockbuster days i do i do think i rented that so i guess i had played one but i couldn't tell you anything about it but anyways kirby and the forgotten land for the switch uh it was my birthday between last episode and this one and my parents got me that for for my birthday and i i fired it up and i really loved it <laughs> like I was surprised. I really loved Kirby and the Forgotten Land, and it made me want to go back and play other Kirby games. So the be the beginning part of it, like the first like four-fifths of the game, I would say, are very like regular platforming. And I'm not very good at platforming, but this isn't like incredibly difficult platforming. It kind of the way the game, the difficulty of the platforming and the way the game is structured and everything reminded me of Yoshi's Crafted World, which I've played before. And so, because, like, you go to each world and you have, like, three little optional missions you can do and you have to collect things and you have to collect a certain amount of things to get to the next area. But, um, and that's why it reminded me of the Yoshi game. But then there's, like, a combat element to it, too, because there's boss fights every, at the end of each section of the game. And then... You get to the last fifth of the game, I would say. And this is not counting spoilers. There's post-game content as well. Like, after you get a credit roll, there's optional stuff you can do. The final, like, basically what it effectively is the final boss area. I didn't know this about Kirby games. And people have told me, I guess, that this is how Kirby games are and always have been. But they're fucking batshit crazy. It goes fucking insane in the last... In like the last boss fight like it starts out you know and there's like a monster and then that monster evolves and then suddenly this monster has like these like 
angel wings and it's also doing like the name the name splash like kind of also reminded me of like devil may cry or bayonetta and then it's suddenly about remove remembering like this boss's move patterns and then the i mean i'm gonna spoil the ending scene for you so if you don't want to hear the spoilers for kirby which it's not really like a plot thing but it's just a thing that happens um but i guess skip ahead a minute but <laughs> So at the end, you know, the whole gimmick in this Kirby game is that you can swallow objects in big mouth mode and you kind of become that object. Like, you know, you're a vending machine and you can shoot cans or you're a car and you're a car. Kirby fucking swallows a semi truck in the end and then ramps up like all this falling debris kind of like kingdom hearts style like you know at the end of kingdom hearts games when there's those sections where it's like you're jumping from building to building it's like that but you're kirby and you're a semi truck going full speed blasting through stuff and then you get to the end of it and the big final boss is there shooting a beam at you and you're making a beam with your semi truck and you collide and it's one of those like mash the button dragon ball z battle things where it's like beam versus beam and i was just like what the fuck is going on like it felt like a fever dream and i really wish i would have streamed it because i don't think that like i don't I feel like other people who haven't played Kirby games probably don't know that that's how Kirby games are. I, maybe I'm the only person who this was news to me, but it was news to me. <laughs> it's nuts. And then you get into the post game and the post game has like you, you do a rehash where you go through the worlds again, but in you know a different kind of chopped up way and you collect these fragments and then there's a boss fight at the end of that. And I was like, cool, I'll do this boss fight. No problem. Easy. Uh, not only did I have to, like, upgrade the shit out of my weapons to get to the end of phase two and use an item to get to the end of phase two. So, you know, you beat the boss and there's a phase two. I finally was like, oh, thank God I got to the end of phase two. I'm done with that. There was a phase three. <laughs> I could not beat that. I just decided I was like, dude, I would need to grind. I need to grind more stuff to get buffer in <laughs> to get more buff in this Kirby game to do this boss fight or do it straight up Hollow Knight style and like learn the patterns. And I was like, yeah, I don't really have the energy for that right now. And more importantly, Bayonetta 3 was coming out. So I I had to I, I had to put down the post game, but I might go back to it because it's a it's a fun challenge. Like it's not it's definitely not the hardest thing in the world. I'm sure there's people out there who are like, that boss fight was easy. I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> but for me, it was a little difficult and I, I do OK with those kinds of games. Like I'm not the best, but I do OK. Uh, so I, for me, it was like it's like that fun level of difficulty, like uh, like Metroid Dread, I would say. It's like that, you know, where. It's definitely not undoable, but you just have to practice and learn and then you can do it. But I just don't feel like practicing and learning right now. <laughs> Sometimes I don't want that from a game and I didn't really feel like it at the time. And last but not least, of course, I have been playing Bayonetta 3. I started it. It came out on Friday, the whatever date that was. And it is now Monday. <laughs> That's what you need to know, because I remember, you know, you might not be listening to this immediately when it comes out. So it came out a few days ago. That's the important part. And I took everything in me to not just play it immediately, but I wanted to play it on stream because I've played Bayonetta 1 and 2 on stream. So I waited a day and 
I am at like chapter nine. I think I just finished chapter eight. So the next time I play, I'll be at chapter nine. So I wager based on other Bayonetta games and the fact that I looked up and saw that it's 14 chapters that I'm a little over halfway done with the game. But with Bayonetta games, it's always a little bit of a crapshoot on like sometimes near the end of the game, you get these chapters that are randomly like just like 10 minutes versus your other chapters that are like an hour. So I'm not exactly sure how long I have left in it. Probably, I probably, since I'm streaming it, I imagine I'm going to have to stream it like two more times. So if you're interested in that, I am streaming it. It's twitch.tv slash Kristen. And then I will upload this to YouTube afterwards as well, just because uh, I've uploaded my other playthroughs there. But I, so far, I've been liking Bayonetta. Um, I wouldn't say right now, as it stands, I still kind of like Bayonetta 2 better. Bayonetta 3 has a couple of weapons so far that I've liked better, like like weapons and movesets. But what I'm finding to be a struggle is, and I guess also if you're completely avoiding any Bayonetta 3 information, I'm not going to spoil any plot points. I fucking couldn't if I wanted to anyway, because I don't understand the plot <laughs> to Bayonetta like ever. Um, but I'm going to, you know, talk about gameplay mechanics. And one of those gameplay mechanics that I have been struggling with is the fact that... So there's a new character in Bayonetta 3 named Viola. And in case you haven't seen it, she literally looks like she's basically Nero from the Devil May Cry series. So she's got like, you know, short blonde hair and she use a, uses a grappling hook and she has a katana that she throws. And uh, she has this summon called Cheshire. And she's edgy as fuck, bro. Like, she, she's straight out of a Hot Topic catalog from 2004. She has, you know, every My Chemical Romance CD that's ever come out. But, you know, she prefers their earlier stuff. And she, not only am I finding her a, kind of a tough pill to swallow as a character, because sometimes that, that faux edginess, sometimes that faux edginess works for me. Like, in Devil May Cry, most of the time it works for me. But with her in particular, I'm I'm struggling with it. There's some stuff I do like, like when you fight as her, like this like pop punk song plays like a uh, pop punk is a strong word. It's like a Paramore song uh, that plays basically. And I, I, I think her summon like Cheshire is fun to use. But my problem is that they keep switching you between the characters each game. And this is a, or each, each chapter. And this is a problem that I had with Devil May Cry 5 also. But I think Devil May Cry 5 was at least a little better about giving you a couple of chapters where you played the same character back to back. And this is like, okay, you're Bayonetta. Now you're, now you're Viola. Now you're doing this side mission as Jean. And now you're Bayonetta again. And now you're Viola again. And it's like, fuck, man. Like, <laughs> if you're not that good, at these types of games, which again, I'm just okay at these types of games. I'm having trouble like with the muscle memory because I'm having to switch it every time. And for me, the way that I play Bayonetta, a big thing for me is dodging and getting into witch time. But with Viola, you don't have the dodge button like you do, but that's not how you initiate witch, witch time. So for anybody who doesn't play, you know, on like a switch controller, on a pro controller, you have the back, like the trigger button and then the bumper button on your controller. For Bayonetta to dodge an attack that, and you do it with perfect timing, then you go into witch mode, which slows time down and, you know, you can get your damage in. And for Bayonetta, that's the the back trigger, the, the trigger button. And then for Viola, it's the bumper and that it's a block instead of a dodge and it's a parry. And I think she... 
She says something like, parry this bitch or something. <laughs> she says something ridiculous sometimes when you pull it off. But it's such a little change, but it's such a tough muscle memory switch, in my opinion, because it's like, it's been three games or like two, you know, two and a half games because you kind of don't play viola until like chapter five or six or something um, of using one thing to get into witch mode and to t avoid damage. And then all of a sudden I need to change to this new thing. And not only do I need to change to it, but I can't I don't have any time to get used to it. It's like, all right, I just got used to it. Time to be Bayonetta again. And then, okay, well, now I need to remember how to be Bayonetta again. Oh, uh, time to play fucking spy minigame as Jean. <laughs> so I'm, that's my thing that I'm struggling with. Uh, the other thing that I'm struggling with is that they haven't, uh, they haven't, they didn't include any way for me to cheese things <laughs> by scanning my amiibo like I did with Bayonetta 2, which is not a serious critique, but I am a little sad about it. And Bayonetta 2, to unlock new abilities and items and stuff, uh, you know, you have to use your, your currency, and they let you scan an amiibo, and it gave you an inordinate amount of currency to scan in an amiibo, and the limit daily was like 30 amiibo scans or something like that. <laughs> so I just sat and scanned amiibo for like 20 minutes and then bought everything I wanted on day one. Uh, but this time I actually have to work a little bit for it, which is upsetting, <laughs> deeply upsetting, and I <laughs> and I hate having to put an effort in my games. Not really, but so far I've, I've liked it. Um, like I said, I couldn't really tell you the story if I tried. It's multiversal stuff, like someone's trying to shut down the multiverses. And it's funny to me, I was saying this in stream, but it's really funny to me that Disney has been hyping up Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness so hard this year, or like leading up to this year. And then it's easily the worst piece of multiverse media that's come out you've had. Like, you've had No Way Home, Everything Everywhere All at Once, fucking Bayonetta 3. There was something else that's like silly and little, but it was multiversal, and I can't remember what it was, but it also came out this year, and it was also better than Doctor Strange. So this is the part where I just tell you that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is not a good movie. And, it, and I don't say that just because... Uh, when I went to see it in the movie theater, someone was getting oral sex in the road down from me, and I had to argue with them to try to get them to stop, and they wouldn't. And so then I had to go tell an attendant, and then the guy kept trying to call me a Karen while I was trying to just watch the movie until the attendant finally came and told him to please stop getting blown in the theater. So that's not the only reason I didn't like this movie, <laughs> but it is part of why I didn't like this movie. That's a true story, by the way. That is 100% what happened when I went to see Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And to me, it's even more insane because the scene that, that, that it started happening during was like, it's like a fucking eyeball monster on the screen. I'm like, you're not like distracted by this giant eyeball monster getting a spear through its giant eyeball and like making gross noises and splur splurting blood and... You know, like, like, uh, okay, I guess. Uh, also, just don't, don't be the worst. Don't be the worst people. Ugh. Anyway, sorry. Sorry to ex <laughs> expose you to that story. But yeah, that's everything I've been playing. Um, I've, I've been neglecting a lot of stuff. I really need to get back to Disney Dreamlight Valley, which uh, has released a content update and now I could get Scar to come live in my village, which I want very badly. I love Scar. But the thing is, 
I, I stopped playing because I have this mission that requires me to play in the morning time, which I've ranted about, and I still haven't been up before 10 a.m. on a day that I don't have to work, <laughs> where I've been like, oh, time to play Dreamlight Valley and go get this stupid fucking orb. So that's kind of put me off of it for the time being. And Final Fantasy XIV, I've also just been really distracted and haven't gotten around to. I did the Halloween event and got my my cookie-eating emotes. And I've been checking my mini cact pots and my jumbo cact pots. And I have, I just cracked over 100k MGP in the gold saucer, which I'm sure again is chump change, but I'm very proud of it. And if I hop on and, you know, it's time for some leap of faith, then we do, then we do leap of faith. <laughs> but yeah, this is going to be, I guess, a shorter episode. I don't really, I didn't really have much else on my mind, but I have been playing stuff. I'm going to play frog detective three on tuesday if you happen to be listening to this on tuesday at like 6 30 p.m pacific time i'm gonna i'm gonna stream frog detective three because i love those games and the new one just came out last week and i have been streaming again in general too like i said i'm gonna finish up band out of three so if that's something you're interested in you can find my twitch it's twitch.tv slash should be in the episode description as well and on, you know, on Twitter, I follow my own show, Twitter, <laughs> and I think it's linked there as well. Uh, but I don't know, it's out there. Hey, if you can't find it, DM me, I'll, I'll help you out. <laughs> I'll work on better instructions for this at some point. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much been it. I was trying to think, I do still want to play the Luigi's Mansion game that I have, and I will, but hopefully I have some, you know, I'll have some, some juicy game updates for you next time we next time we touch base but that's gonna do it for now uh again if you want to follow the show on twitter it's np cree you can follow my personal twitter which is lol kristen with two eyes and my twitch is twitch.tv slash kristen i appreciate you for listening go ahead and uh tell a friend <laughs> you know say hi send me your opinions your feedback anything like that i appreciate it and that's gonna be it for me good luck have fun